Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Alrighty, welcome in to a live edition of the Patriots Beat podcast, the morning edition of Patriots Beat here on the CLNS Media Network. Uh, I'm Mike Cadlick, alongside 98.5 The Sports Hub's Alex Barth. We just spoke to uh, Patriots head coach Bill Belichick this morning following the Patriots' 33-26 loss to the Vikings on Thanksgiving night. Uh, Bill not still giving us much. Um, won't dive into the Hunter Henry saga on the goal line. Um, again, it's it's morning, Bill, so you never know what you're going to get. But uh, let's dive right into it. We're going to break this thing down, offense, defense, and special teams. Um, let's start with the offense. Um, and I hate moral victories just as much as the next guy, Alex. Um, but I want to start with the good here because the Patriots offense actually looked like an NFL offense last night, um, which was yeah. really encouraging to see. Uh, they scored 26 points. Offensive line, despite missing David Andrews and Isaiah Wynn, looked relatively cleaned up. They were able to give Mac a clean pocket for uh, a majority of the game. He was only sacked three times, which you never want to be sacked three times, but uh, it's certainly an improvement from what we've seen over the last couple weeks. Uh, and it allowed Mac Jones to realistically cook. Mac was, uh, Mac was really good last night. He completed 28 of 39 attempts, uh, threw two touchdowns, did not turn the ball over. Uh, that's now three games in a row without an interception for Mac Jones, uh, which is the longest streak in his career. So, um, it kind of showed, I thought that if they can keep him upright and, uh, call a decent offense around him that, you know, Mac's the guy here. And, uh, I know we loved Bailey Zappi and all uh, early this season, but I think Max showed a lot last night, and uh, I was pleased with the offense uh, overall. Yeah, no, this that that was kind of what me and you and a lot of other people have been talking about all year when people come in and they call us Mac homers and this and that. And no, when you give him time to throw, he can throw. Right. That, that's what we've been trying to tell you. And he did it last night. He had some great throws last night, some great individual throws. In terms of the moral victory of it all, I just – Look, that's a great game when you have a young quarterback to come out in that spot in prime time against a not bad defense and throw the ball the way he did, kind of go punch for punch with a veteran guy like Cousins, at least up until the end there. That's encouraging because you look at a performance like that, you say, you know, Mac, hey, he's an NFL quarterback. You kind of are looking for those performances in year one, maybe early in year two. It sucks right at the point where we have to reaffirm that he's an NFL quarterback, even though he probably was this whole time. He just didn't look like it because of what was going on around him. Right. But um, besides that, I mean, a lot of early season type mistakes from the Patriots in that game, which you don't love to see. But if we're looking at it through the lens of Mac Jones, and I know some people were wondering, hey, are they going to need to go back and get another quarterback this offseason? No, because he can do that. He did it regularly last year when they had a good offensive line. When you you, know, you assume they're going to fix the offensive line this offseason, and, and he can get back to doing that regularly next year. Uh, it'll be great, but he's got to get there. Somebody just said in the chat, and I think it's a great way to put it, is it an encouraging victory, or was it an encouraging game? Yes. I wouldn't call it a moral victory, but if you want to call it encouraging, especially the way the offense has looked 
the first three months of the year to see them right. go out and do that. Uh, with again, the Vikings defense, the Jets defense is great. Like the Jets mm-hmm. defense, one of the best in the league. Vikings right. defense isn't that, but they're also not bad. Like they're a top half defense. So to come out and do that, it's encouraging. Um, I, I won't go as far. I won't go as far as a moral victory. I just well, I mean, for Mac maybe, for Mac personally yeah. maybe, but uh, anybody else, I don't know. Well, to flip the switch too, like you said, I mean, the Jets. They only scored three points against the Jets last week, and to come out on just five days uh, and to co- sort of be able to turn it around like that and throw up 26 like they did, um, and for Mac to throw the ball through the air um, for 380-plus yards, I mean... Career uh, high. Exactly, career high in passing yeah. yards. And I kind of want to... Um, I don't want to completely bow down to him because I have been uh, a Matt Patricia... Um, I've been very critical of Matt Patricia this season. I don't think he's a, a good offensive coordinator. I don't really know what he's doing in the role. Um, but they called a pretty good game last night overall, I thought. Um, yeah. There was some there was some holes, obviously. But overall, I thought it was solid. Um, some play action pass at the right time. Uh, they ran the ball okay, um, I'd say. Uh, there were some holes, like I said. But uh, they mixed in the deep ball as well, which we talked about earlier in the year when you saw Mac against the Ravens before he had the ankle sprain. When they push the ball downfield, he's accurate and can complete those, you know, 30-yard passes when they mix them in with uh, right. short throws and, you know, add chunk plays into the mix and it can happen. And you saw that last night. Um, he also completely, he spread the ball around the field as well to his guys. I mean, they had five players with 60-plus receiving yards. Parker had four catches for 80. Ramondre, again, through the air, nine catches, 76 yards. I mean, he's turning into an all-purpose back. Uh, and they're going to need that moving forward, which is too bad because Harris left the game with the hamstring injury. Yeah, was reportedly um, on crutches after the game. Exactly, yeah. So uh, that's going to be tough. But Aguilar had 60-plus 60, 60 in the air. Hunter Henry had 63. Jacoby, 62. Um, so, I mean, again, I they I thought they spread the, the ball around the field well, and they competed with, like you said, a, another high-profile offense in the Vikings. Um, yeah. Well, let's remember, too, you talk about not having Dave, Damian Harris. Mack didn't have – his favorite target for most of that game in Jacoby right. Myers. And I saw some people asking, you know, what his injury is. We don't have an update yet. I, I honestly would be surprised if we get one before no, no. Sunday, which is the Patriots next the, the Sunday will be there Wednesday this week with the game on Thursday. The one thing I would say he did come back in the game. They didn't play him a lot. I think he was only playing on third downs at the end of the game, but yeah. the fact he did finish the game, he was never ruled out, right? He came back in. He played a couple more plays. I think he was on the on the field uh, for that final drive. I believe he was on the field for that final drive. Yeah, yeah he, he caught, caught the, the last pass. pass. Yeah, so yeah. I would call that encouraging. I don't think he, you know, <laughs> felt great waking up this morning. Right. But uh, dude's a warrior, first and foremost, and we knew that. Uh, right. But I, I would call that an encouraging sign just in terms of, you know, will they have to play without him? Could right. he be limited? Yeah, probably. He might be, probably. But uh, if generally, you don't finish the game and then miss time down the road, especially with something like a shoulder injury. Right. I mean, at first, it sounded like, uh, at least reading uh, on Twitter from the guys that were there, it looked like maybe concussion protocol, and then it was ruled the shoulder. So yeah. you think, okay, did he break his collarbone? Is this a is this a dislocation type deal? But right. I mean, like you said, exactly. But to come back yeah. in the game and be able to finish it, that's certainly encouraging. Um, so yeah, one I mean, more, offense. Was, just one yeah, more thing on the play calling, though. Like yeah. going back to the first series, I actually watched the game as my family's first time. Been able to do that this year, and I th- they were sick of me right away because the first <laughs> series I kept yelling out what the plays were because there are things that 
me and you have been talking about, right. them bringing back things I've been writing about on 98.5, the sports hub. They, you know, so uh, second play, they go RPO. They pick up like yeah. seven yards. Then they run motion. They motion Tyquan Thornton left to right. And then they ran it back to the left. And then they ran a play action to the tight end. And then when they went slot scene to the speed receiver, and that was the touchdown. Yeah. I have been calling for slot scene. That was Max Bren Butter at Alabama. I've been calling for that slot seam, the speed slot look like four co-hosts ago on this show. I was <laughs> saying that they should run that. Yeah. So, you know, they, there were certainly more of those concepts. And we kind of talked about it last week at the Jets. where There's that that brief window where they, they hit the back-to-back big plays, where they yep. went the bootleg action right to Hunter Henry uh, on, on the weak side. And then I forget what the follow-up play was, but it was something else like that. And then all of a sudden they got in the red zone and boom, here we go with the shotgun runs and they got shut down. Right. Right. There was still, you know, there were certainly more of the things we've wanted to see certainly a lot more, but there still were a couple times where they got, you know, like between the 25 and the 15 yard line and they're just, you know, shotgun sweep handoff and it's not there. It hasn't been there all year. So I encouraging, like, again, this gets to the point where it's encouraging, but Still haven't seen a full game of it. So it seems like they're trending in the right direction. Um, Some of the stuff they called was, again, things that we've been waiting to see. And look at that. They called it, and it worked. And the offense started moving the football. And Mac Jones looked like the NFL quarterback he is. It's just, it's not, for whatever reason, I don't know why, for whatever reason, it's not totally there yet. And it's a little frustrating. No, it's not. I mean, like you said, they put it together on the the first drive. And then... Um, well, they scored on four of their first seven drives. Like it wasn't. Just, I, I'm right. using the first drive as an example, but there were a couple of drives where, like, they're going. There's another one. They went play action in the tight end on third down, like on on third and three. That's a play three weeks ago, four weeks ago. They just run shotgun sweep and they get tackled and they punt right. it. So exactly, you see the growth there. But then the on the on the flip side, there's also the. Jonathan Jones interception. The one time where I was like, "Oh, here's here's prime time Kirk, Kirk Cousins for us yeah. in action." John Jones flips the flips it for them, and then they go four plays, one yard, and kick. Right, them. exactly. So those are the. Well, I will where- say the first play after the pick, they tried to take a shot. Right, and it didn't work. But like, I didn't mind that play call. I'll give you another one, and I know a lot of people are pissed about this play, the double reverse. I've been saying get creative, run the ball with the wide receivers, get Kendrick Ford and put it in KB's hands. Yeah. Right. The execution didn't work. And look, maybe you don't run it with the backup center, but I like that they're in that headspace because it's different. It's creative. It forces the defense to kind of second guess their initial read. Those are the kind of plays they need to run. They're not going to work every time. Like I'll we can fully acknowledge that, but right, you know, set something up off of it, a screen, a wide receiver pass, something like that. But like even that play, which I know a lot of people are upset about today, I didn't hate that because it was them doing something that they very much needed to do for weeks now, and they did it. And I hope they don't entirely abandon it just because it didn't work that one time. Especially, you know, if they get David Andrews back, that play blew up up the middle. If you get a good block up the middle there, Kendrick Bourne had room to run on the outside. Yeah. So, you know, wasn't wasn't necessarily the worst idea in the world there. Bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting for football and basketball this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Always your continued source for sports wagering information. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf games and events. 
Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Do it with Taekwon Thornton. That'd be fun. Well, I mean, yeah, that I, too. I they, they need to I, use Taekwon more. I'm fine with getting KB the ball in space as well, but like, I mean, Taekwon Thornton continue to use him more because he's if, right. If they can get him going with Mac Jones playing this way, that's going to be solid. Um, another, just a note on the offense. I guess we could talk about the elephant in the room. I hate um, complaining about officiating. I think that yeah. you got to let these guys play and just deal with it because the entire league deals with it but last night was was atrocious i mean i think that the only thing i hate more than complaining about the officiating is alex kemp that yeah long. exactly yeah uh, right so so my rule of thumb personally i hate being the guy that blames the ref i hate it when other people blame the ref right I, I we've talked about this before on the show i don't believe any football game was ever won or lost on a single play and i think all bad officiating evens out whether it's within the game, whether it's game to game, maybe it takes a couple seasons. I'm sure some Steelers fans feel a little, little vindicated about Jesse James this morning, even though right. that was the incorrect call because the rule has since changed. But the point is, I generally, my, my rule of thumb for myself is I have one game a year, a calendar year, that I'm allowed to blame the refs. I already used mine this year. Oh. On game three of the, no, it's one game, like total, like of all the games. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. I used mine on game three of the Eastern conference semifinals Celtics bucks. Do you remember <laughs> when Marcus smart was very clearly shooting the ball and got yes. fouled so egregiously that he couldn't get the shot off. So they said it wasn't a shooting foul. And the Celtics yep. lost. That was my game this year. That was a horribly officiated game. It was. <laughs> Yeah. I am kind of regretting. I used it so early. I usually save my game for football season. I remember <laughs> saying at the time, oh, there's no way. It's not going to be worse than this. Yeah. I'm going to stick to my rule because I'm a man of honor. I'm a man of my word. Yes. But, He's a man of honor. Uh, I am uh, I'm regretting burning my blame the officials game back in on May 7th because I could really use it this morning. Yeah, it was tough. I mean – the uh, specifically the Hunter Henry touchdown that was called back. I mean the the flip flopping on the rules yeah. and surviving the ground and it's not surviving the ground is not a rule anymore. They changed that right. in 2018. The fact that exactly. I, I kind the fact that Walt Anderson used that phrase in his explanation is a major major problem. If he didn't turn to that phrase, it's all just kind of jargon and it's yeah. referee talk as we know it. They called it off a dated rule. Look. It's one thing if you want to say – because his hand's under the ball. The ball right. moves. But the ball can touch the ground as long as the ground doesn't impact it. And his hand's under the ball when the ball moves. I, you know, I I thought that – and then he rolls over and he kind of reshuffles it up against his body. If they called that a catch but not a touchdown, if they were like, oh, he caught it but he's down at the half-yard line because he reshuffled the ball after crossing the plane, sure. I get that. I, I don't love it. But I, I understand the rule There's being interpreted in that it. way. Yeah. And then the Patriots probably go for it, right? And they can still come away with seven points. That's what I originally – I thought they were reviewing that for the first, like, five minutes. It, it, an incompletion didn't even cross my mind. It's a dated rule that still probably wasn't called correctly. So, yeah, I was – the two plays that were really bad, there were others. I know they missed the hold on the Kyle Duggar uh, – or on Kyle Duggar on the kick return time. touchdown. The other really bad one was that third down on the fourth quarter. I know it was really the Patriots' last real drive of the game, right, where Hunter Henry gets tackled out the pattern, Matt gets yeah. his face mask rad, it's just nothing. Just This yeah. is the crew that – this crew has thrown more flags this year to this point 
than any crew in the league, and none of that gets called. Come on, that's just bad. Big yeah. play. There's letting them play, but that was that was too much. Yeah, it's tough. And again, it's like you hate to you hate to blame the refs, and you hate to have them have such an impact because, like you say, it's not just one play. The Hunter Henry touchdown. Belichick told us it this morning. It was a four point swing, right? But like, there's plenty more plays throughout the game that can swing it in the opposite direction. But when it's so, you know, when it's every third, fourth play of the game, it's like, oh, that could have been called. That shouldn't have been called. That that's just that's not football anymore. That's just that's just the stripes getting way too involved. They're not involved enough. So, I mean, it's tough to see again. The and it's like the face mask on Mac was brutal. Like. Right, game changing play that you just don't see when there's a ref behind the pocket every time. Like that's kind of why ref's he's right there. there. Ref's right there. That's yeah. why he's there is to to watch a the offensive line and see you know holding calls etc. But also the, their main thing is protecting the quarterback in the NFL. And when his face mask is getting pulled all the way across, it's like those are the. That's why that ref's behind the pot. And pot. I, w- one more thing on the Hunter Henry because I forgot to I forgot to say this. Yeah. Did the ball move? Maybe, maybe, but. Can you say conclusively that it moved? Because I don't think you can. And that's what, to overturn a call, right? Indisputable video evidence. Right. And, did like, maybe it moved. I don't think it did. Maybe it did. I can understand why people might think it did. There's no way in hell it conclu- you can conclusively tell right. from those replays that it moved. Well, it and with the, the hand brutal. underneath the football, it's like, okay, if the ball touches the ground, but it's within possession with his hand and he's holding the football, it doesn't matter that it hit the ground. So like, right. right. If it hit the ground and which is the, just the, the exact, that's what changed in the rule. Exactly. From after the Jesse James, Jesse play. James, that's right. like the exact, what you just laid out is exactly what changed in the rule. It right. wasn't, if, if we were playing in 2017 and trust me, there are parts of me that really wishes it was still 2017. Yeah. Then yeah, then it's not a catch, but it's right. 2017 and the Patriots have Tom Brady and they win that game 50 to 10. But it's twenty twenty it's twenty twenty two. That's not the rule anymore. It's bizarre how many how many tight knit like goal line calls there are with reaching to the pile and hands underneath because oh, it just happened. It it is gross and it's it's too bad, but it happens. And it just happened a few weeks ago with Travis Kelsey, and the, it was On the called. Same play. It's like it, it's it's terrible. It's tough. And again, this you wish, like you said, you didn't burn the Marcus Smart game because this is the game to really get into the yeah. But, That's why uh, now I now I know for 2023 I'm going to save it till football yeah. season. But um yeah, that's that's our referent, but I mean overall I think some good things to take out of the offense which we hadn't seen in a few weeks. Um so yeah, a- anything else on the offense before we kind of move along here? Well, it looks like Damian Harris, I mean we kind of talked about it earlier. Yeah. Damian Harris on crushes after the game. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the running back spot. Uh yeah. Especially Obviously, Pierre Strong making a mental mistake. Which we'll right. I <laughs> can't imagine Pierre when we'll get to that. I, I right. can't imagine Pierre Strong dresses again this year. Uh, J.J. Taylor's back on the practice squad. Like, maybe it's more Kevin Harris, but yeah, it, it, it's an initial report. He was on crutches. We don't know exactly what it means. They could have just been being careful. But if, if Damian right. Harris is going to miss time again, uh, it's again, it's a lot on Ramondre's plate. A lot on Ramondre, who was solid in this game. I, he had. I oh, mean, I guess. Car- sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, Ramondre carried the ball seven times with 36 yards, but his his uh, his effect in the passing game is is really exciting to see because they haven't really had that um, that receiving back here in a couple of years since James White sort of went down with the hip and everything. So yeah. it's good to see him get involved in the backfield. But again, you don't want him to 
have all these touches, you want to be able to split the time with a guy like Harris. So uh, that that's going to be tough. The other thing, I mean, we should give the offensive line credit. We've bashed them enough this year. Mm-hmm. They, they played a good game and, and yeah, you know, did. down essentially three starters uh, to come in and do that. You know, you're on your third string right tackle. You're on your backup center. I, I, I mean, I got to go through and watch it closer. And, and they weren't perfect by any means, but we kind of talked about this before. Mac had time to throw the ball down the field when they wanted him to, and they did it right. less. And they ran some quicker concepts that I think helped offset what the pass rush was doing. But, you know, if the offensive line plays that like that the rest of the way, I still think they need it. It's, it's still the number one uh, spot they need to improve in the sure. offseason. But if the offensive line plays like that the rest of the way, they're going to have a chance. Now, Buffalo next week might be without Vaughn Miller. He got hurt yesterday. We don't have an update on him yet, but yeah. that could be a break. So, uh, whatever it was, you know, you go in, all right, they're down Isaiah when they're down David Andrews again, you know, what's it going to look like? It looked pretty good. Maybe this is the combination. I still right. would put David Andrews back when he comes back, but maybe it's Yadney Kajust at right tackle and Trent Brown at left. And there you go. You just, you know, let's get going. So Trent had one tough play though, up front. He had, he had was, one. Yeah. And it was a big play, but yeah, it was, uh, that was one of the, one of the three sacks where I think they ran a five-step concept and he, he tried to cut, he tried uh, to cut block. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it was a disaster and it ends but up again, getting axed sacked. And that's one of those plays where it's one of the many plays that swing a game. It's not just one, but, but it, like, def- I almost can sit here and this is going to get me called a homer. The offensive line only made one bad play. That's huge. That's massive. That's major progress. Right. And yeah. Trent Brown needs to be better than that. Absolutely. But right. Mac was sacked 14 times. Uh, yeah, four, no, 16 times. 16 times over the last three games. So I'll take one bad play and, and yeah. they were fine the rest of it. I, it's, yeah, it's progress. It's what I said before. I won't call it a moral victory, but I'll call it progress. It sucks yeah. we're talking about progress in late November, but it's progress. Yeah, um, I agree. But uh, before we get into the uh, defense and special teams. That was the good, but now we got to sort of get into the bad, unfortunately. But before yeah. we do so, let's talk about our friends at LinkedIn, Alex, uh, because these days every new potential send player, Alex Kemp to LinkedIn. Alex Kemp needs LinkedIn. The Patriots or the the NFL rather needs to use LinkedIn.com/slash/beat to try and hire new officials because uh, last night was brutal. Uh, and these days, every new potential hire feels like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be a hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. We use LinkedIn Jobs here at CLNS Media, and we can't recommend it enough. It's super easy to post your job. Then add the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. As we inch closer to December here, uh, we're, what, five days away? Uh, So it's the perfect time to add the right team member. Uh, and end 2022 strong. And it's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash beat. That's linkedin.com slash beat to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply as always. Um, so yeah, offense was great again, uh, but uh, we now got to get into the bad now. Uh, I like to start with the good and get into the bad. Uh, it's kind of funny the Patriots defense was uh what kind of kept them in games over the last several weeks uh and then as soon as the offense gets it gets it together the defense doesn't play well um they allowed primetime Kirk Cousins to sort of shred them to the tune of just about 300 yards and three touchdowns 
They only sacked him once. They weren't able to get pressure on Cousins really at all, even with them missing Christian Derrissaw up front, which that was one of something we touched on uh, here on Thursday, or Tuesday rather, was yeah. that, whatever day it was, Monday. But days of the week aren't tough, real anymore. Especially uh, during the it's holidays. Monday. But, uh, it's Monday. Yeah, exactly. But um, one of the things we touched on, one of the matchups was, you know, a backup tackle who we barely even heard of versus guys like Matthew Judon and uh, Josh Uche. And they just, they got nothing on Cousins. They sacked him once for nine yards. Um, they allowed Justin Jefferson to go rogue too. Something that, you know, we talk about and you hear it all the time around here is that the Patriots and Bill Belichick's defense, you're going to take away their best player and let everybody else beat you. They let Justin Jefferson beat them on Thursday. So not, not the best performance from the defense overall. Yeah, the defensive play calling, I mean, that felt like throwback to Matt Patricia. Some of that yeah. soft zone. They dropped Matt. Why does this guy it. call plays around here? You just got to get this guy, get the play sheet out of this guy's hands. They they dropped Matthew Judon into coverage quite a bit, especially early on, which was like flashbacks to, to Matt Patricia and Trey Flowers used to do that a lot. The, the one play that got pressure on Cousins was the interception, right? Daniel Aquali's right there at his feet. He can't step into it, throws off the back foot, sails it. Jonathan Jones is right there. On Cousins, I mean, I'll tip my cap to Kirk Cousins. I will. He played a great game. Primetime Kirk Cousins played like a primetime player. He did. And we, I, I talked about coming into the week, getting pressure on him. What a big deal that was going to be. The, the, the massive difference in his numbers between throwing from a clean pocket and throwing under pressure. And they, they pressured him a couple times, and he threw the ball well under pressure. And that's because they didn't – you have to keep that up. It has to be regular. And they only had one sack in the game. It came on the first, it was the first or second play of the fourth quarter. So they didn't hit, they only had three quarterback hits total. They didn't yeah. hit him. They didn't upset him. Basically, they let him get in a rhythm. And you, you saw what happened. I mean, he looked like a guy who was locked in. It was kind of the same thing that happened with Mac Jones. The difference is Kirk Cousins had Justin Jefferson. And on one hand, what'd you say? They let Justin Jefferson, I forget how you phrased beat it. Them. Um, let them beat him. Let him beat them. Well, it's something like kind of like let him run open or whatever. And they did at times. Yeah. The, the soft zone. They let him go again, rogue. They let him go rogue. They let rogue. him go rogue. That's what you said. The soft zone was certainly frustrating at times. It, yeah. it, you know, it wasn't great. But there's also a place where he's double covered, taking massive shots from safeties and still catching the ball. He's, right. he's, I, I know they were saying last night, you know, after the game, yeah, you know, we had Chelsea and now we got other guys like this coming up in Diggs and Adams and, and, and Hill and, I think Justin Jefferson's the best receiver in the league right now. Yeah, I mean, right. some of what he was doing was just on because it was it's not like he made one great catch and you're like, oh wow, what a catch. You know, he it was every single time they threw him the ball. Was he nine for nine on targets? I know he finished with nine catches. Yeah, he had I don't uh, the box score up. 11, 11 targets. Okay, but I mean it's like that's a good percentage. <laughs> Kirk's throwing the ball in these tight windows and he's getting hit. And he's still holding on to it. I mean, it was just unreal. So yeah. On one hand, I'm surprised they didn't smother him more. I'm surprised they went with that soft zone as much as they right. did. On the other hand, even when they did smother him, he caught the ball. And, and it was for big gains and big plays. So, to me, the issue was up front. The issue was with the pass rush. They just, with the backup left tackle, against an offensive line that hasn't been great. Yeah. You know, Matthew Judon didn't do a ton in this game. Josh Ucha had the one sack, didn't do a ton besides that. I think they missed Christian Barmore. This was the first time it really felt like they missed yeah. Christian Barmore a ton. Um, they faced a veteran quarterback. They let him get comfortable, and that's what happens when you do that. So, again, I'll tip, tip my hat to Kirk Cousins in prime time. Kind of crazy to say that, but yeah. they didn't get the pressure on him, and he made them pay. To me, that's that. it's as simple as that defensively for the Patriots in this one. Right. Yeah, I mean, and again, you, you mentioned missing Barmore, and you mentioned, you know, no lack of pass rush. 
and you know being up front, right? I mean, the run defense was actually solid. I think they only allowed like the run defense two, is good, yeah, two point one yards a rush. Um, they held Delvin Cook in check. I mean, he had twenty two attempts for forty two yards. He averaged less than two yards a pop. So like. Uh, the run defense was good, but that doesn't really matter when you're getting shredded through the air and you still have right. They didn't need right? to run it's the like, ball exactly. So, um, not only did Jefferson go off, but I mean, even when they did cover Jefferson, Adam Thielen had a day too. He had nine catches for sixty yards and a touchdown. Uh, well, they TJ also Hawk- trouble with Hawkinson. Yeah, I was just going to say Hawkinson. Duggar. Yeah, I, Duggar Duggar struggled uh, in coverage yesterday. Um, he yeah. slipped on the one in the end zone, which I, I still don't think that's an excuse. Don't slip. I mean, you got you got to cover the guy, right? Like, yeah, they slipped a couple times yesterday. Miles Bryant slipped on on. Yeah. Was that Jefferson too? That oh no, that was uh, that was Rager. Yeah, yeah, on the Jaylen one where Miles Bryant yeah. slipped. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, they, again, Hawkinson had five for forty three in the touchdown on third down. Um, looked like they looked like they covered it up pretty well. It, it took Kirk a second to get through his progressions, but then he finds Hawkinson for the touchdown. Kyle Duggar slips. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, we we've talked about. They've had relative success covering tight ends with Duggar in the mix, but he, after giving him his flowers last week, Duggar struggled. Um, I mean, I've I've been a huge advocate of the defense this season, um, but they, they beat up on the bad teams, the Jets and the Lions, uh, the Colts, and then when they end up facing a good offense in the Ravens and the Vikings and I mean, the bears with Justin Fields, they, they basically started the Justin Fields coming out party on Monday night a few weeks ago. Um, right. Well, that worries remember, me. The, the bears had a long week going into that game. They played on Thursday night, the week right. before, and they re they entirely revamped their offense in that, yeah. in that, you know, mini buy. So the Vikings under like, since that with that offense have been a wagon. Off right and uh, the bears the bears have been the away. bears yeah the bears yeah yeah and so Not it's bears. like that that worries me a bit you have the bills coming up you have the Bengals coming up you have the dolphins coming up three three of the better offenses in the nfl um i think they have the players to get it done but it's almost like you said that the play calling was funky they need to scheme it up better um and they need to play better against better opponents yeah, and it felt like this was such a good tune-up for the Bills too, right? Because you've got that star receiver, a good tight end, right. a quarterback that can make plays but is erratic at times. And, yeah, Bills yep. fans, kill me. I compare Kirk Cousins to Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> but you, you know what I mean? Like it's a similar yeah. sort of – the Bills run it at a much higher level, but it's a similar right. sort of offense. And they didn't play it right. They no. didn't – again, the soft zone, the rushing, rushing three, I don't know what – they're down against their the, an offensive line. Right. Exactly. Right. Against a banged up offensive line to continue. And I don't have the exact percentage yet. I'll get that later today and I'll probably yeah. tweet it out, but the exact and Twitter's right, right there, right there. Rushing three that regularly against that, that offensive line and against that offense. Like I don't necessarily know what they saw with that. Um, and if you rush three against the bills, you're going to have a bad time. Yeah. You don't want to overly blitz the bills, but put Josh, uh, put, put, put Matthew Judon after Josh Allen, at least. So yeah. I just, a uh, little bit of a head scrape. I feel like we're, we're talking after this one, you know, it's the same conversation we've had after pretty much every game this year. The difference is we're talking about the offense. Like we usually talk about the defense, right? We're talking about the defense. Like we usually talk about the offense the yeah, roles are just reversed. It's the same yeah. game. It was just, you know, to use one of Bill's favorite phrases, it was a lack of complimentary football, right? The offense did its part. The defense and special teams did not. 
It's been the opposite for the most part this year. The defense has done its part. The offense is not. Special teams has been 50-50. Yeah. I mean, we we can get into the special teams and basically I mean, we could do it now. We we I think we hit on the defense really. I mean, again, you want to you want these three phases to complement each other. Um and it felt right. like 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 you mentioned, the defense had it all season and we're waiting on the offense to turn the corner. Get, you know, we talk about it every single week. It's like watch the tape, throw out the good or throw throw out the bad, use the good and put it all together. And then Kirk goes down and, you know, they they dice him up first drive, Justin Jefferson touchdown, gets right. a great Thanksgiving, what have you. And then Matt comes down and answers and it's like, okay, they have the offense figured out now. Let's get the defense back on track. Justin Jones interception. Justin Jones interception, some good defense last night. And then they go four plays for a yard. And it's like it, they need to complement each other better. Um, and the special teams, uh, we can do that right now as well. The special teams was a disaster, I thought, last night. Um, starting with the 97-yard Vikings kick return touchdown. Um, and then Pierre Strong runs into the punter. Vikings score a touchdown on that same drive when they just stopped them. Michael Pilardi tried to flip the field once, and it was a 27-yard punt. Marcus Jones fields a punt inside the five-yard line when he could have just let it roll into the end zone for a touchback. They get nothing off that drive. Um, Marcus Jones specifically was good as a return man in this game, but that's one one bonehead play from a rookie that one of the many plays that can change the course of a game. So, so um, that's the one. To be better, and and we can dig into the rest of that. I don't disagree. The special teams needs to be better. Yeah. It was really interesting from Bill, though, and I just want to pull up I have the transcript right here. Bill was asked about that play, you know, yeah. if he wants to see Marcus Jones let that ball go into the end zone. Uh-huh. And I, why can't I find it on the transcript here? Was it last um, night? Here it is. No, it was this morning. Um, Bill was asked if he wants to see Marcus Jones let the ball go in the end zone there. This was Bill. It was a tough one. In retrospect, I don't know. We end up getting it out to, I don't know, the 15-yard line. Something like that, just a couple of yards. I think take a shot at making a big play in that situation. I'm all right with that. If we had done a better job of our blocking, did a better job to get him started, he might have had a chance there. So that situation, you don't have a lot of options right there. I'd say punt return in that situation is not a bad option. I think the co- I, I, I'll give Mark Jones benefit for the doubt. I yeah. based on that answer, it sounds like the coach has told him to return the ball. Yeah, and. With no timeouts. And they, tr- and they trust him to make a read on that and try right. to turn the ball. Right. Yeah. With no timeouts, maybe they figured, hey, we just we only need a field goal. Like if this kid breaks one, we're maybe a play or two away from field goal range, maybe houses it. So yeah. I I don't love the coaching decision to tell him to field it, but I maybe that's not on Marcus Jones. Maybe that's right. on the kid. That one. It's just add, yeah. it's just adding context to the play. It doesn't excuse it. It's just adding no. context to play. The rest of it. Yeah. The rest of it. Yuck. Just yuck. Just bad. Just gross. Just no. It wasn't good. Um, the the kick return, Kyle Duggar get held? Yes. Are there 10 other guys out there who can make the right. play? Yes. There were a couple guys who came down initially. I think it was, honestly, I think it was Slater and Schooler, which is shocking. Yeah, did not take good to angles to the ball. They didn't. I also don't know why the Patriots kicking that guy. He's one of the best returners in the league. I don't know if Folk can't get the ball out of the back of the end zone. Maybe that's where they missed Jake Bailey. Uh, but if Folk can't, and they've got some good returners coming up on their schedule too, you might need to give Michael Plarty a shot at kickoffs here because that's yeah. a kickoff that should just be going out of the back of the end zone. You shouldn't even be giving them a chance with it. Didn't even yep. get to the end zone. And maybe they were running some plays trying to pin them because those kicks were angled way to the right. I don't know why you're trying to pin them. Just kick the ball out of the end zone. I wouldn't I wouldn't mess with them. Yep. Um, 
what were the other plays? The running into the punter. They clearly, yeah. you clearly, they clearly had something drawn up. Like they did. Remember against the Colts on the blocked punt where there's all that motion before the punt and yes. they, they got the block. They clearly had something drawn up where they felt like Pierre Strong could have made a play in that situation. But he got too jacked up and he just ran right into the punter. He let himself get loose. You can't do that. Can't you have need it. You play controlled, right? You need to play control in that situation, especially when you know it's a fourth and three. Like if it's fourth and really six or longer, call it seven or longer. That's one thing. If you eh, if you run into the punter, they're still probably punting. And if you need that little bit of a boost to make the play, like that's you see guys do that sometimes on right. the fourth and really long, they'll sell out because it's not roughing the five yards, not an automatic first down. Yeah, they're the still going to punt it again. Yeah, right. right. Fourth and three. No, you need to be more controlled than that. Michael Pilardi did not have a good game in a dome after he kicked well in pretty rough conditions last week. I don't know what yeah. the hell happened there. That was, I mean, he'll we'll have to ask him about it. That was just weird. Um, what am I? And then there was one other one. What am I missing? Uh, that's what I had. Okay. Kick return, kick return, strong. It felt Pilardi. like there was more. It, yeah, it there was felt like more. there was more. Uh, but I mean, to add something too to the Pierre Strong play, uh, yeah. During in watching it on on television, it was like, oh, here we go. The the refereeing, the the officiating rather, was so bad last night that it was like. Yeah. Oh, what's this going to be? Because there was a play last week when Raekwon McMillan ran in right, and it was it was bogus. So I was like, "Let's see the replay. Let's see what you know what they're jacking up now." But that was that was, that was a bad, a bad. I, it was a penalty, and it was a bad play by Pierre Strong. Because go, again, I, go. no, go ahead, finish. Go ahead. No, just that. I mean, you have to be smarter than that. You have to, you have to assess the situation, like you said. Fourth and three, get the ball back. Stay away from the punter. You have a beeline for him. Watch it, and once he gets that ball away, do, like, drop to the ground. Like do something other than getting anywhere near that punter's leg. And he did it, and it they ended up scoring a touchdown on the drive. Well, with, with the coaching point there, what they teach you to do is to take the ball, take the ball off the punter's toe is the uh-huh. term. And basically, if you angle yourself like to catch it off the toe, and the idea is if you angle yourself in that way, you're not actually angled at the punter. You're angled about six inches in front of the punter, and that way, right. when you dive for the ball like that. Your momentum takes you past him, not into him. And Pierre Strong, you watch the way he he lines up. You watch the way he angles his dives right at right at Ryan Wright. So yeah, that's again, it's just it's a it's poor execution. It's 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 either not coached right or it's poor execution. The other yeah. thing I was going to say is one of my keys coming into this game, the Vikings have not been a good special teams unit this year. They haven't been. Right. So this was a game where. Special teams was a chance for the Patriots to flip this game. Special teams did ultimately flip and, and heavily determine this game, but not in their way. That's not generally the kind of game you see the Patriots lose. This is These are all the mistakes that teams make against the Patriots, right? right? And it was Patriots making those mistakes last night. Yeah, it was tough. Again, it's like last week, the defense was awesome. The special teams won the game for them. The offense was bad. Get the offense right, and this team can succeed, man. And then right. – the offense like gets complimentary football. Yeah, the offense gets it relatively relatively right last night, and the defense and special teams kind of blow it for them. So this team can compete in the AFC if they pulled it all together. I think they showed that on the offensive side of the football last night. Anyway, um, the defense. I guess this is just sort of my wrap up. Is like the defense. You know they 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 played well against the, the cupcakes, and then. Once the once the better offenses come through, they they sort of struggle a bit. But that's not something they can't fix. 
Um, and the special teams is it's usually the Patriots' bread and butter. It's like, you know, Belichick's Belichick's is he's a defensive guy, but he's solid on special teams as well, and that kind of collapses. But if they get all three right, I mean, the Vikings are nine and two, and they played them down to the wire. They're a good football team. So the Patriots showed a lot last night, and I think there's as as much as a loss stinks. You're six and five now. It gets harder and harder to stay in the playoff race. Um, they do still control their own destiny, oddly enough. But yeah, but I mean that means beating the Bills twice. Exactly. <laughs> That's a lot. The, the Look, Dolphins, the Bengals. They have a tough schedule coming up still. If so. they went out, if they went out, I don't know if they're going to be the Super Bowl favorite, but they'll be up there. Yeah. Am I yeah. wrong? Like I'm not saying they're going to win out, but like no. If, if, team if they were off, to win out, right? Absolutely. They like they we're would talking have about some flip got switched in there, so they'd be um, playing outstanding football. They'd they'd have beaten the Bills twice. The the Bengals who have a dominant offense, the the Dolphins, I mean the Raiders stink, but like they 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 would have to get through some quality opponents. So they're not going to win out, but if they do, in theory they they make the playoffs. But tough to drop the six and five in that spot when you kind of had it there. Um, it's just one of those games where you're going to kick yourself um, once you look back on it and say that's a game we could have had. And whether it's a changing of of seeding in the playoffs or making it versus missing it, this this game and like the Bears game this right. season feel like two games that they could have had it, but. And that's what, I mean, I tweeted that last time. I called it a brutal loss. And a friend of the program, Steve Peoples, kind of asked me on Twitter. He's like, oh, you know, they showed progress. Is it really, like, brutal? Like, you know, I don't think they played brutally. It's not necessarily brutal. It was a good point by Steve. It's not necessarily brutal in the sense that, you know, oh, man, they're a brutal team. They're a bad team. Like, that's not what it was. It was like, you're right. When when we go back, it's at the end of the season, and they need a game to, to, you know, whether it's make the playoffs, it's a more favorable matchup, whatever it may be. Right. This is going to be the game we go to and say they could have had this one. For a team yeah. in such a tight playoff race, this was a very winnable game, and they dropped it. Honestly, the equivalent last year is the opener against Miami, right, where they're yeah. down there. They have the field goal. I forget, was the field goal to tie it or take the lead? Um, whatever it was, late in that yeah. game. They had a field goal that – and Damian Harris fumbles the ball, right? Oh, the yes, 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 and, yes. Okay. You know, Max first it, start, sure. Right, Max first start. And you go to the end of the year, and they were they had one more win. They would have won the division. Right. And you go back to that, and you're like, it's a winnable game. They could have had it. It's brutal. It hurts. This is yeah. uh this probably ends up as that game this year. If they need one more game for whatever reason it is, seeding making the playoffs overall, right? This is gonna be the game we point at and say that should have been that game. Yeah. Um, but stuff to build off too, right? I mean, you yeah. gotta get right back at it. It's Something, you think when you play on a Thursday, you have a long week coming up, but you don't because the Bills nope. come to town next Thursday. Um, throwback, throwback week. Um, yeah. Back at the Pad Patriots. Uh, huge game, divisional matchup, AFC matchup. So, um, I mean, Buffalo Buffalo won a tight one last night. Josh Allen's Josh Allen again. Uh, does it against the Lions. But a uh, huge divisional matchup, which if they play on offense like they did last night, I think it could be another tight game. We'll see. I haven't looked at any look-ahead lines in the spread and sort of what Vegas thinks, but um a game that you know that would be a huge win if they can if they can pull it off against buffalo um do you want to quickly touch on some college football before we get out of here because we i was gonna say we probably game. so real quick i wanted to look something up on the bills game the one thing i will yeah, throw out there current forecast for thursday night raining winds oh, about boy. 20 miles an hour so throwback um, to uh last week's or last year's yeah. game in buffalo um I was it wasn't raining for that one. That would have been fun. No, let's yeah. do um let's do a quick college football minute and Boston sportsman. I think we got to hit both here real quick. 
Okay, we have rivalry week coming up in college football, so yeah. let's hit that. Um, because there's our backer, I want to yeah. make it make it festive here. Yeah, uh, rivalry weekend, college football, the game. Let's let's get let's get let's not bury the lead and let's talk about Michigan Ohio State because two Heisman first playoff game of the year. Yeah, it 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 literally is. It's a playoff game. It's uh Michigan Ohio State two Heisman front runners ish two. Two of the three Heisman candidates, I'd say, and C.J. Stroud and Blake Corum uh, facing off on offense. Um, I think it's Ohio State's game to lose again. I think that it, Harbaugh got them last year. It was his first win against Ohio State in his career at Michigan. But I think Ohio State's just too good right now. It's it's tough when they're they can score points like that in Michigan. I mean, J.J. McCarthy's fine, but to have to rely on a run game to win a game against Ohio State, I don't love it. Um, I mean, we'll see where that goes, but that that's probably the biggest game of the weekend, like you said, first first playoff game, really. Yeah, and Quorum's banged up, and it, yeah. I, I kind of agree with you. I know Harbaugh beat them last year, but I still just can't pick Harbaugh to beat Ohio State. Look, right. I don't think this Ohio State team is as good as Ohio State teams in the past, right? They play close with Maryland. They play close with Northwestern. I don't totally buy it. If they get Jackson Smith and Jigba back, oh, huge boost, like major boost, but – I just I think Ohio State wins this. I just I don't think Michigan's there this year. I, I yeah. don't. I, I think it's a down year for the Big Ten in general. Um, but Ohio State has CJ Stroud. Honestly, I'll throw a third Heisman contender in there. I don't know if he'll win it, but he should be considered. That's Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Uh, honestly, that he he's the turning point for me. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. makes enough plays. Michigan, I love Blake Corum, but he can't create those explosive plays as regularly as Marvin Harrison Jr. does. I think it's just harder to do as a running back. Right. Exactly. It's nature of the position. I, and by the way, Harbaugh's game management last week was horrible. Yeah. And he's done that a couple times this year. Could have got away from them. Yeah. I I think this game comes down to Marvin Harrison jr. Makes a a big player too. And Michigan shoots themselves in the foot at the end of the game. So, you know, typical Ohio state, Michigan. Let's uh, let's do the iron bowl because, um, uh, Alabama's what sixth in the country, seventh in the country right now. But I, yeah, they're they they're st- out of the playoff. But they, I, there's people are talking that they can still get themselves in this thing somehow. Look, I, I love Alabama. I do. I want them to make it. I want Xavier to make the playoff. They're not going to yeah. because there's Tennessee's still ahead of them. Like realistically, I'm not. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember if they're ahead of them in the rankings. I don't think they are. But Tennessee beat them. Tennessee right. beat them. Uh, yeah, and Tennessee Tennessee's ranked LSU. 10th, ranked 10th now. So Where's Alabama? Uh, seven. Okay. Seven. Tennessee beat them. Tennessee beat LSU, who beat them. I just, you know, LSU and Tennessee, and of course, George are all ahead of them. I don't, the, 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 the you know, traditional powerhouse is going to have the backdoor way in. You know, as much as I say, I love Alabama, I want Nick Saban in. The guy I don't want anywhere near it because I can't stand him is Davo. And he's yeah, going to have I a know. chance to backdoor his way in there. And I am a huge South Carolina fan right now. I burn Spencer any, Rattler. Burn any of the tape. I, I've never said anything bad about Spencer Rattler. <laughs> Neither of us, Mike, right? No. Ghost, no, never, never. Um, huge South Carolina fan this weekend. But Clemson's going to have a chance to backdoor their way in. I think ultimately, like, and we did this last week, right? We had this ni- nice, tidy little oh, yeah. playoff picture. And it was all laid out. And then yeah. statement Saturday it was great. It. it was a mess. I um, I think the way it works out right now, Georgia gets by Georgia Tech, right? They, that they would be get, good though if Tech can take them off. That would put a that see that I mean then it all goes to the wind. Then it all yeah. goes to the wind, and I think Georgia's going to beat LSU. I just I 
Yeah. I, I know I thought said maybe LSU can hang in there. I don't know. I, I think you're looking at Georgia, the winner of Ohio State, Michigan. They're going to have to put TCU in if they win out. And then if USC wins out, and that's the toughest one yeah. because you never know in the Pac-12, but if USC wins out, those are the four teams. The only place it gets tricky is if Michigan beats Ohio State and it's close. Yeah. Because the committee will default to Ohio State, right? But if if you have a Big Ten undefeated champion Michigan, an Ohio State team that barely lost to them, you set up a rematch in the semifinal of 2-3, right. and then it comes down to is it one loss USC – Pac-12 champion, one loss USC, or undefeated TCU. And I really think the committee might go USC there because of the brand name. And yeah. Because they've been playing better football here down the right. stretch. So that, that USC-Notre Dame game this weekend is is huge. I think big. that's yeah. going to I don't know. A- Notre Dame shouldn't be ranked as high as they are. They have two brutal, brutal losses on yeah. their schedule. I also think Clemson's overrated. I don't think that's as big of a win as people are making it. But it's Notre Dame, so they're going to be where they're going to be. Right. But. Yeah, no, that's a big game. Yeah, that's put it. That's sort of uh, it, like if US, like you said, if USC can win out and you know, right. Notre Dame or last week UCLA, then Notre Dame, then Pac twelve championship, they're gonna get themselves in. But if they lose, like I like that, that makes it interesting with the Big Tens and TCU, and you never know with Alabama, depending on you know right. USC. USC loses and Alabama passes them, and if LSU loses to Georgia, I mean it. It I think that USC Notre Dame game is is huge for the entire. Yeah, I, I guess we could come in. And I, I don't think this is the most likely situation, but I could totally see it. I think it's on the table. It comes down to if there is a situation where it's one spot for undefeated TCU or one lost Pac-12 champion USC, which way is the committee going to go? I, I, I've lo- I love this TCU team. I love Max Duggan. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I, I think USC is good as well. I just I, It's fun rooting for TCU right now. Um, I think the committee could go USC. I, I think they I would, and I think they should. I think they've they've Heisman favorite, yeah. bigger brand. Like I, I could see it. Yeah, good, good weekend so. of college football, Conway. Make sure you make sure you watch right. that. Um, and then maybe you get maybe get three Big Ten teams with Ohio State, Michigan, and USC. Good call. Yeah, when does that happen anyway? I think it's 2026, but it's one of those things they'll probably move. That's up. what bizarre. We'll we'll, we'll talk about that it's down annoying. the road. Yeah, we'll it's it's going to be interesting. Happens. But uh, yeah, let's do Boston sports quickly. Um, yeah, Celtics keep rolling. Jason yeah. Tatum MVP. Uh, I was at the game on Wednesday, and uh, that dude is just electric. I, I don't know. He, even when he's banged up, he was he was expected to maybe miss the game. Instead, he goes out there and drops like 37 and just wills them past the other MVP front runner and Luka Doncic. I know it's early. It's tough to talk about MVP, but I bet Tatum to win MVP before the season. Yeah. So every time it, every time he plays a game, I'm like, I'm out of my mind because you, you got to keep rolling, keep rolling. But he doesn't want to not play, which could be huge for his MVP chances. And the Celtics are 14 and four. And they're just, I mean, they're the best team in basketball. And it's, I don't think it's real. I mean, Milwaukee maybe, but Celtics are, Celtics are, they're rolling. Right. Well, I, I think it's just an interesting moment to take stock of both teams here. The day after Thanksgiving, the traditional matinee, right? And right. Uh, we yeah, start Bruins, play at, Bruins play at one today. Right? At it's one. Yep. Yeah. Celtics at eight. If yep. are they both at home? Actually, is that a uh, is that a changeover game? That would be fun. I know they don't do those anymore. I like Boston's at home at eight. And yeah, they're both at home. Yeah, they're, they're both, both at home. home. It's gonna be rocking down at the Garden today. Yeah. Dude. 
I um, shout out shout out to the floor crew the floor crew the bowl gang the bowl gang baby the bowl yeah. gang. I, I so I think with the Celtics we'll start with Celtics like if they play I saw a stat the other day I don't remember who had it if they play five hundred from here on out which they won't but if they play five hundred from here on out they're gonna win sixty games so which now that I'm thinking yeah. about it, I don't know if that math is right but regardless they're you know they're they're in great shape Tell right her now math right. They're, they're well, well, 10 games over 500 in the NBA, 42, 43, 40. They're going to win 50. They're going to win 50 okay. games, but um, they're not going to play 500 from here on out. They're going to be better yeah. than that. Yep. They're, they feel like they're in a really good spot and they're, they're navigating some injuries. And the biggest concern right now with the Celtics is defense. And I'm very okay with that. Cause they're without arguably their best defensive player. I know Marcus smart was defensive player of the year, a year ago. And I am a huge Marcus smart guy, but he was able to do a lot of what he was able to do last year because he knew he had Robert Williams behind him. Right. right. He was able to play very aggressively. And yep. um, the two of them make each other better. I, I guess I shouldn't say best defense player, but the two of them make each other better. It increases the level of the, uh, the overall level of the defense. So I'm not worried about that. And, and boy, can this team score? And, you know, I, I somebody right. said to me the other day when I'm like, you know, when they get Robert Williams back, it's going to help the defense. I'm going to say, yeah, but they won't be the same offensively. They won't like Rob. Rob's a pretty good offense player. Yeah, he you know, he, he can contribute on that. He's gotten a lot better. He made early in his career he was liability offensively. He's come a long, long way. He's lobbed Williams for a reason, right? So yeah. I think the Celtics are in a really good spot. And when it comes to the Bruins, I know, you know, American Thanksgiving's a big checkpoint in the NHL. And, and they're yeah. kind of in good shape. And I think getting Swayman back is huge because they can let Olmark rest up a little bit now. Charlie, I, I know they had a rough night the other night. Charlie McAvoy is playing excellent, excellent hockey, which is massive. Campus Lindholm is looking to be, you know, potentially the guy that saves Don Sweeney's job the way he's yeah. looked coming out of that trade. He's been excellent. Uh, and, you know, Bergeron and Marshawn doing what they're doing. Shout out to Patrice Bergeron, a thousand points. So everybody's healthy. Knock on wood. Yeah. Um, the, you know, it, it's just, it's a good checkpoint at both seasons and, they're both kind of rolling at the first major checkpoint. The next one will be new year's and then, um, and then it'll be groundhog day, but things look good right now. Yeah. The, the thing with uh, mentioning the, the goalie situation in, in yeah. with the Bruins is huge because I mean, Omar, I think he's the favorite to win the Vesna right now, but like he's only played, I think, I, I don't know the number off the top of my head, but he's never played close to like a full goalie. Right. Season. He's always been a backup goalie. He's always, back up a, a platoon type guy and he was getting a lot of run early here because of the swimming injury and he played well don't get me wrong it's, it's he's playing great hockey but can he sustain that if he has to you know carry the load the entire time yeah. so getting swimming back in that spot to be able to spell him is huge uh, again like you said McAvoy and Lindholm on D it's it they're studs the, the the offense is actually scoring goals for the first time in what feels like years uh, even with you know a guy like David Pasternak but you have secondary scoring that it's just it's a lot more fluid of hockey. It's almost when when Claude Julian was here, they kind of hit a wall, and right. so they got rid of him. And then Cassidy came in. There was a jolt of life, but they still sort of struggled to put the puck in the net as consistently as, as consistently as you would like them to. Cassidy's gone, and now Montgomery's here, and it's like they have that life again. So this feels like a really good spot with. Some aging veterans, but some solid veterans still playing great hockey mixed with a young crew and guys like, you know, Lindholm and McAvoy and uh and Parasonak. Seventeen and three, best record in hockey. Yeah. 
it's like you said, it's early and it's it's a this is a solid checkpoint to take a look at it. But I mean, well, they're, it's, they're kind of, and to talk about the offense, like you're saying, Ty Anderson calls it globetrotter like Ty yeah. Anderson, 95 Sports Hub. It's kind of the same thing, right? The Bruins and the Celtics, these traditional defensive smash mouth teams, they're just coming out and, and track racing everybody, and it's working. So yeah. see how long it can hold up. But you know, they both the thing is they both have the horses to do it. I'm the first one to sit here and talk about, oh, it's not sustainable. It's not sustainable. Well, Celtics arguably have the best one-two duo in the league in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Right. Bruins have one of the you know most electric goal scores of all time in David Poster. Knocked a couple of future Hall of Famers. Um, they got two of the best young puck-moving defensemen in the game. It does feel sustainable. They're good teams with good rosters. Right. So that's why it's exciting. It's not like they get out to this run. Like a couple of years ago, the Celtics had a start like this. But – it didn't match up to the personnel they had. Right. And so you were kind of just waiting for them to slow down. Eventually they did. This is what a team with this roster should look like for both the Celtics and the Bruins, right? The Bruins do this all the time. They outplay their roster early in the season. Right. And then they come back down to earth in the spring. They win a, pre- they win a president's cup and then they lose in the second round. <laughs> right. Yeah. Both more so the Celtics than the Bruins, I would say. Yeah. Or both of these teams are playing up to their rosters. Right. So that that that's why it's so exciting because this doesn't feel like a fluke. Right. It, it maybe like to this extent maybe a little bit like you know the I mean the 17 and 3 hockey's in hockey's Right. Tough. 17 like, and 3 I think the Celtics are what 14 and 4 14 like and 4. They're yeah. not both going to win 78 games or whatever that pace is. I'm not going to do the math again. They're not going to both going to win in the 70s but right. Playing this dominantly on a regular basis feels sustainable for both it allows because of the roster to get out to this hot of a start it allows you to pan off a little bit and still right still you know or not even pan off rest up before yeah you get rest up yeah. yeah and just get get back to like a, a level of play where i mean you're gonna lose like you said you're gonna lose some games you're not gonna sustain it but getting out to this hot start allows them to like right. you said rest up and also i mean it shows that you know they can play so Right. See what happens. I don't even want to do the Red Sox, so I'm just changing the backer now because I can't. Talk no, about I mean they're going to lose. Um, they talk about playing up to your roster. They're going to lose their best players and then play yeah, up to their exactly. roster. Uh, yeah, I, I can't. I can't do Red Sox. So let's go back to Patriots. We'll quickly wrap this thing up. Yeah. Uh, again, not not a huge moral victory guy, um, but I thought that the offense showed a lot. The defense struggled. Special teams tough, but a lot to build off of. Um, get right back to it with the Bills coming to town on Thursday. Um, me and Alex will be back here. We'll both be at Gillette on Sunday, so you can follow us on Twitter for coverage uh, as they start prep for the Bills. Um, Sunday's yeah. their Wednesday, so uh, they'll, they'll they'll be down at practice on Sunday. We'll be there for coverage. Um, and then get back after it uh, in the throwbacks against the Bills, a huge divisional game. So me and Alex will then preview that game early next week here on Patriots Beat. So, uh, again, make sure you follow Alex on Twitter, at RealAlexBarth. He's got some great Patriots coverage and all Boston sports coverage there. And read his stuff on 985thesportsup.com. I like the pointing to the Twitter handle now. Yeah, if I could figure it out, it would be great. Yeah, because it's backwards. You can follow me on Twitter, at Mike Cadillac. You you can see all my CLNS Media coverage there. And you can read my stuff on clnsmedia.com as well. Wrote a quick takeaways column last night and also talked about Mac Jones being the guy in Foxborough. So, uh, again, me and Alex will be back to preview Pat's Bills next week. Um, Until then. We will see you guys. Uh, Hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving and enjoy. Go watch college football this weekend because it's awesome. Go enjoy the weekend of sports.